What conflicts of interest do I have to disclose as my own RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number 26. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so in today's question, we're talking about, okay, if I make that transition, if I become an RA, exactly what conflicts of interest do I have to disclose as my own RIA? And the, and the short answer is you do have to disclose conflicts. I, ideally, you minimize them, but you do have to disclose conflicts uh, potential conflicts to your clients. And again, that's that fiduciary standard that is, that is the RIA standard. And that's, that's you know, obviously different than the broker dealer standard, which I'm going to go into here in just a moment. But, but your goal as an RIA, again, should be to number one, try to reduce conflicts of interest as much as possible, which is just good for you and your clients just, just in general. Uh, but then the idea is, any that are still left, and I'm going to give you some examples of how it's hard to, you know, essentially reduce to nothing, but any that are still left, you do need to disclose those if they're relevant to your clients. Uh, and that is usually done in your ADV part two is technically where most of that will occur. Um, so again, the idea is you do have to disclose conflicts. You want to try to reduce it. Uh, and then usually in your ADV part two is where you disclose it from there. Uh, but I wanted to start by just a little reminder of, of the differences between the broker-dealer model uh, and the RIA model. And in, in, in Reg BI, Reg Best Interest, um, has, has kind of brought these a little closer together. So the, the example is not as, as clean as it perhaps once was, but, but, but pre-Reg BI, I want to give you just a, an example because it, it just makes it very black and white, the difference in the broker-dealer world versus the RA world with respect to conflicts of interest. So, so quick example, um, again, pre-reg BI, if, if, if a advisor was with a broker-dealer and, and while they're wearing their, their Series 7 hat, their registered rep hat, so they have, an, they have a client who's in a commission account. And so they are, even if that, even if that advisor happens to also have a, be an investment advisor rep of the, the corporate RIA of the firm they're at, but, but if, if that client solely has a commission account and in that capacity, that advisor is working as a registered rep uh, for that account. And, and so for that, right, the, the, the uh, standard of care in the broker dealer world at that time was, was a suitability standard. And so quick example, that, that means two clients could come into that advisor um, and, and, and let's say they're, they're exactly the same. They're both the same age. Uh, they both have the same net worth, the same income, the same goals, or whatever the case may be. That advisor under the suitability standard, uh, and let's say that advisor wanted to, to, to help them and put them in, in a mutual fund. A very simple example. They're just going to use one fund, and, and, and for whatever reason, that, that's the case. Um, and it's, it's going to be uh, it's in a commission account, so it's going to be a loaded mutual fund. There's going to be a, a front end load back to the advisor. So is uh, the, the universe of options that advisor has to put them in, let's say it narrows it down to, to two options. And, and, and one of those has a 5% load and one of them has a 3% load. And, and again, these, these clients are the exact same. 
um, the, the advisor could choose to put one client in one that does a 5% load and one client in one that does a 3% load. And, and let's say all other things equal, these, these mutual funds are arguably you know, pr pretty on par with each other. Um, and because of that, and, and let's say they're both as a result suitable for our profile client, they have the exact same profile. Um, so, so who do you think, which of those mutual funds do you think the advisor would use? And, and maybe with both clients, they, 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 they just said, okay, I'm going to put the, the one with the 5% load is the one we're going to use. Uh, and they don't have to go and tell the client, oh, by the way, there, there was a less expensive option. Again, this is all pre-reg BI. Uh, there was a less expensive option I could have chosen for you. Um, but because both options were technically suitable for your profile as a client. I went with this option and I didn't even have to disclose that to you that there was this potential conflict of interest I had where maybe I could, maybe I could use the, the one that uh, would, would cost you less on a load, but, but as a result, it would, it would pay me less as the registered rep. Um, because in, the, in that broker-dealer world, all that was required was a suitability standard. So as long as both mutual funds were suitable for that profile of that client, that was perfectly allowed. Now, mirror that to the RIA world. In the RIA world, you couldn't do that sort of thing at all. Now, now of course, you wouldn't be getting loaded mutual fund commissions in the RIA world, but the, but the ideas in the RIA world, you, you have to be entirely transparent with the client. You, you can't just you know, have a couple options and, and, and one clearly might benefit you more than another. And I'm just not gonna disclose that to the client. You, you absolutely need to try to eliminate those kind of conflicts of interest. Um, and, and, and if it does exist, like I said, you have to disclose it. So the main way this is accomplished in the RIA world, and it's very clean with, with, between the RIA and client, whereas the RIA, you go to the client and you say, Mr. or Mrs. Client, the only way I am going to get paid is by the advisory fee you pay me. So let's say it's 1% on the account. You are going to pay me that fee. And, and from that, it doesn't matter which mutual funds I recommend to you. It doesn't matter which other investment products I might recommend to you. It doesn't matter how uh, frequent or often we, we trade in the account, whether it's, it's change in mutual funds or change in equity positions or whatever the case is. I, as the RA, get paid none of that. None of that impacts me. The only fee I get is from you, the client. So as a result, I can do what's solely in your best interest. I have no conflicts as to far as whether I should pick one mutual fund over the other because it's not going to make any difference to me from a compensation standpoint whether I use this fund or this fund. Again, I only get the the... 1% from you. And so it's, it's part of what makes the RA model so clean and so beneficial again for both the RA and the client. Um, so you might think, okay, great. In the RA world, I, I'll just eliminate all conflicts of interest. And so, so yes, you know, I won't have this loaded mutual fund conflict for sure, because that's not part of the RA world. Um, but I'll just go ahead and get rid of all conflicts. And, and I would caution you to, to not believe that's necessarily even possible. And, and I do see from time to time, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, you, you'll look at an RA's website and they, they will declare we are 100% conflict free. And, and I, I, I just don't think that's accurate. And I'm going to give you some examples. And I, th I think you're, you're only setting yourself up for failure by that because the reality is 
there are some inherent conflicts out there that are not necessarily bad conflicts, but they are conflicts, some of which are almost impossible to, to eliminate. And, and to the degree you properly disclose them, there's nothing wrong with that. But to, to, to declare up on the mountaintop, I am 100% conflict free. I just, I just don't think it's being accurate. So, so let me give you a couple examples of that. Uh, so first, just example of a, of a conflict of interest. And again, I'm not suggesting that anything that, that could be deemed a conflict of interest is necessarily a bad thing. It is just a, okay, if there's the potential for this conflict of interest, you just need to make sure the client understands that the whole spectrum of what goes into, you know, maybe making some decision. What are the both sides of the coin? As long as you're transparent about that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so the, the first example uh, is if either an existing or let's say a new client uh, comes to you, a prospective client, and, and all of their investable assets right now is, is in, is in a, a company 401k plan, and, and they recently left that company. So, so now they have that opportunity to, to roll that 401k, you know, potentially into an IRA, which then you could manage under your RIA. You know, so, so there's, a, there's an inherent conflict there, because if they say, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, what, what should I do with my, my 401k? I mean, in most instances, one option is to, is to solely leave it there on, on that platform. Um, now, if it's just left there, the RIA itself might not have a way to generate any revenue from that relationship. And there, there actually are ways you can still help people like that as an RIA. Uh, I did a whole video on, on different ways you can, you can uh, charge for your services. But, but generally speaking, uh, you, you, you wouldn't be managing it if it was over there in that, in that 401k. So oftentimes an advisor will explain the value they provide for clients, the services they provide for clients. And so uh, Mr. or Mrs. Client, if you roll over your 401k into an IRA, here's everything I will do for you uh, for your relationship. And here's what will cost and we're fully transparent. But again, that, that is a con and it could be perceived as a conflict of interest because if they don't roll it over to you, you perhaps won't generate any money or any revenue or potentially a lot less than, than had you rolled it over. So again, it's just, it's just an acknowledgement that, hey, that is a conflict of interest. Certainly there's nothing wrong with suggesting maybe the best path for a client is to go ahead and roll that over. Uh, as long as you explain why that's perhaps in their best interest and, and what value you would provide and what the costs are, um, you know, but that's a perfect example of to, to say, oh, I don't have any conflicts of interest. So is that, is that advisor that's declaring that never had that rollover conversation with a client? I, I just don't see that. Um, and then the, the second example I'll give, and I, and I mentioned this on the video I did about uh, can as an RIA you sell insurance products and that the short answer to that is you absolutely can. And I encourage you to, to watch that video to learn more about that if that's something you're interested in. Um, but, th but that alone could dr drive some conflicts of interest. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but, but a conflict of interest nonetheless. So just an easy example is, is let's say you want to be able to offer term life insurance to your clients. Um, so when you're wearing your advisory hat, you're getting paid your 1% your advisory fee um, and, and you're helping them understand all of the, the, the steps they need to be taking in their life to, to achieve their goals and, and, and all those sorts of things. And, and one of those might be, okay, you, you probably need or you do need some life insurance to protect yourself and your family. Uh, and that's a common uh, piece of advice, right? Uh, all, all day long, that sort of thing comes up. And, and 
so it's quite conceivable you might give that advice, but then if you also say, oh, and, oh, and by the way, here within my firm, I also uh, can offer that insurance and I can sell you that term life insurance directly, um, that might be a tremendous value add for the client and make it just significantly easier for the client. They have one single point of contact from everything in their, in their, in their uh, trying to figure out their, their manage, their, their wealth. Um, and so to have it all under one roof could, could very well be appealing to the client, but you can understand where there's a potential conflict of interest there that because you are given that advice, which, which arguably you probably would have given that advice exactly the same, even if you didn't sell the insurance, if you had to refer them to someone else. But the reality is you do sell insurance and you do get paid for selling that insurance. And so that is a conflict of interest. That's the sort of thing you'd want to disclose. Again, in your ADV, you would just disclose, hey, I also offer insurance services. I am paid separately for those insurance services. So again, perfect example where a conflict of interest is not necessarily a bad thing, but it just is something that exists and it is something you need to essentially acknowledge and be transparent about and make sure it's disclosed there in the, uh, again, part two of the ADV is usually where that occurs. Uh, so the bottom line on this, again, I'm of the belief, maybe other opinions out there, you, you will never be 100% conflict free by, by kind of definition of, of conflicts of interest. So, so I would just suggest you to not raise that banner and say, I am 100% conflict free. Um, the goal, though, is to, to reduce those conflicts where you can. So if it's, if it's not critical to your business, maybe reduce it. And so the, the, the kind of extended uh, example I gave on, on the insurance video was, you know, if you do want to offer insurance products, great. But if, if you're, you're only going to rarely do it, and it's only going to be just a tiny little part of your business, maybe you don't offer it. Maybe you, you do refer that business out because if it's just not worth your while, it's not worth your clients, enough of your clients' while, maybe it's just better just to reduce that conflict and not do that in-house. Again, that's, that's a personal decision for each advisor to make, but that's an example where you can reduce it. And, and, and maybe it is such a big part of your value add that it absolutely makes sense to keep it and you can disclose it and all that's fine. I'm not suggesting you can't do it, but, but to the degree you can reduce it or it might make strategic sense to reduce it, I, I encourage you to do so. Uh, and then again, where, where they still exist, you need to disclose them uh, so the client has a full understanding of that. And just the last point on that, and I've mentioned a couple of times, oh, you need to disclose it and ADV part two and, and those sorts of things. This is exactly what the compliance consultant you'll be working with will help you with all of this. And a number of videos I, I keep mentioning, the, a standard part of having your own RA is working with a compliance consultant. And, and part of what I do is help advisors understand the, the different array of, of consultants out there, the different services they provide, the different cost structures they provide them, more than happy to have that conversation with you as you, as you maybe get to that point eventually where you, you'd have to decide one versus the other. And again, I can certainly help guide you through that. Um, but the idea is you will be using one. That is standard practice in the RA world. And in uh, d disclosing conflicts of interest is a standard part of the service they provide. So Everything I've said in this video about disclosure, I don't want you worried about, oh, where, where was it again I was supposed to disclose this or how am I supposed to do this? The compliance consultants will absolutely help you figure all that out, make sure you're staying compliant. So, so do not have any anxiety over that, but just to be aware that is part of the process. 
So with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, uh, and I help advisors understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so today's per perfect example, just to part of that part of that understanding process is to is to know how conflicts of interest must be addressed in that RA world, and it could be quite a bit different, perhaps, than what you're you're currently used to and in, in your current affiliation setup or the current firm you're you're with, and so. I'm, more than happy to, to talk to you about your current situation and what that might look like in the RA model with respect to this topic, conflicts of interest, or, or any of the other many variables that, you, that you're going to want to be aware of, of what those differences are. So I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video, and I'll see you on the next one.